Alright, well, welcome to Killing History, guys. My name's Ryan. Our co-host, Caleb, he might join us a little bit later on, but it's good to be back. It's been a while. Um, it has been... Uh, it has been a roller coaster of events since I have last spoken to, I don't know, my five listeners. I don't know. But, um, got married, got divorced. Uh, it is, like I said, since the last time we talked to you, lots happened. Uh, life's been going nonstop, like most, like it does. And so I apologize, but I'm finally back after years off. Uh, and we're going to get right to it, really. Um, Today's December 26th, 2018. We're in the last few days of the, this year, and I hope you guys had a good one. Um, I wish mine was better, but it is ending on a pretty decent note. But we're going to go back quite a long time ago to December 26th. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm about to cough here. Oh, hold on. All right, it's December 26, 1776, excuse me. Uh, that is when George Washington crossed the Delaware. Now, why was this is a, bleh, why was this an important moment in American history? Because we were right at the beginning of the war. We were losing men left and right. Uh, remember, uh, a lot of people believe that you had hundreds flocking to volunteer for this uh, revolution, and really it, w it wasn't the case. Uh, Washington and the Continental Congress had to trick people into it. The only people that volunteered were a lot of immigrants who didn't understand English. Um, we had a lot of people who were through court had to volunteer, and we had a lot of people, uh, a lot of criminals who volunteered so they could get time off. And then uh, a lot of the wealthy paid their way out like they still do today. So Something a lot different, a lot the same. But the reason why it was such an important victory was because it was a big morale boost, especially early on in the American Revolution. And it was really... It was really Washington's first real surprise attack. And I'm going to get into George Washington here a little bit. Big fan of his. Um, he's human, you know, I hate how we glorify these historic figures because he was human. I mean, he made mistakes. Folks, you got to remember, George Washington during the Seven Years' War, what we call the French and Indian War here in the United States, wanted to be a British officer. That was his goal in life. Once he got to that British commission, boom, he was all set because no colonial... Um, um, British uh, citizen had ever gotten that high and he wanted to be that person. The closest he ever got was when uh, uh, General Braddock came to the uh, what is now the United States or the colonies during the Seven Years' War uh, before the um, campaign to take Fort Duquesne, which ended up in a bloodbath at the Battle of Monongahela. And during that battle, um, it really opened his eyes to... Uh, a lot of misgivings that the British Army had. But the thing that Washington learned, Washington was Braddock's aide, and that was the closest he ever got to a British commission. Um, he learned a lot of discipline from the British, which in 20-some-odd years would turn out in his favor. Um, 
his soldiers um, thought he was somewhat cruel, but mostly fair. His soldiers adored him. Um, there are some instances, especially in the uh, um, camp- camping at Valley Forge, where he was the only reason why half the people stayed. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're looking at December 26th of seven, seven, 25th through the 26th of 1776. Um, we were ending our first year, um, five months or so after declaring our independence from Great Britain. This was the first movement of surprise attack by George Washington against, uh, mostly Hessian forces, uh, that were in Trenton, New Jersey, um, on the early morning of the, uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Um, we gotta remember, folks, this wasn't, I mean, it was a lot of luck, but the pro, but but the thing is, um, and we we've seen this time and time again in, in history. Germans, they celebrate Christmas um, a lot like a lot of Europeans do. It's twelve days of Christmas. It's not just one day. It's twelve days. Um, I'm a I, I like that I like that thought a lot. I'll listen to Christmas music all the way until January first. But the reason why that's important is because Washington knew this. He knew the Hessians were going to be drinking. He knew the Hessians were going to be extremely excited about the Christmas holiday. So when he surprised them, they were already drunk, and it took less than an hour to beat them. It was such an important move that after the surprise attack, um, Washington uh, crossed uh, the river a third time at the end of the war. Duh. No, my writing's bad. Okay, sorry, I did get my uh, train of thought here. It was such an important move um, that it actually caused recruiting numbers to go up, which is something that at the time was kind of abnormal. But we're going to dive into this here. So we are going to dive in to Washington crossing the Delaware after these few messages. Hope you guys enjoy Killing History. And like I said, I'm shaking the rust off, so... Bear with me. I'm trying to read here. Kind of tired. I have a long day ahead of me, but we'll get this done, folks. And I hope you guys enjoy the Killing History Show. Good. Hey, Ryan. Do you like history? Well, I happen to just love history. Oh, it's not like you're writing a book on history or anything, right? Uh, Maybe a few. Well, if you're like us and you're dying to know more, check out Killing History on Facebook. Sounds good. I'll give it a click right now, Caleb. All right. Well, welcome back to Killing History, folks. My name's Ryan. I'm your host today. Pretty soon we will be having Caleb back on here regularly. Uh, but before I move on here, uh, Caleb and I love uh, a lot of things. We're, we, we love I love American history. Um, I went to school for it. I was a historic park director. Um, but uh, Caleb is just, uh, since he was a kid, has been studying it nonstop. So we really wanted to put this together. This was a, a baby of mine, but a baby of ours. Uh, we do a, a podcast. If you guys are interested in hockey, it's called Undrafted. We focus on the Red Wings, a lot of things in Michigan here. Um, but if you guys are interested, just give that a listen. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. And it's been something we're really passionate about. So if you guys want to give it a listen about hockey, feel free. 
But anyways, back to American history here and Washington crossing the Delaware. I'm trying to do my best and not sounding like a, a dang NPR host. But when, it, with it's, when it's by myself, it's kind of hard to do. But anyways, um, so like I kind of stated earlier, uh, 1776 had started out very well for the Americans. Um, the British uh, left Boston in March. Uh, and the def- But the, the problem was the defense of, of, of New York City had gone quite poor, uh, to be totally honest. The, the uh, Americans uh, really failed to defend it. They had to withdraw, and the British took over uh, uh, York City, is what they called it. And then uh, they stationed a bunch of Hessian outposts um, all around uh, York, and including uh, what is now New Jersey. Um, so that's kind of what we're, we're leading into here. And, and like I said before, um, Washington's army was shrinking, uh, enlistments expired, lots of desertions, no morale, and that was due to a lot of the defeats in the New York area. <sighs> Excuse me. So that being said, we're going to talk a little bit about Washington's um, army. Uh, I said they were shrinking. Uh, made up mostly of immigrants. I'm going to use the term loosely, but volunteers. Uh, he had about f- four to 6,000 men, but 1,700 soldiers were, according um, to most uh, uh, writings, were unfit for duty and needed a lot of care. And so that's what we're kind of looking at uh general charles lee who was in western new jersey had 2000 men um washington ordered lee and then uh gates uh, to join him for this attack but both were delayed and could not follow through and it was a big issue and and we'll talk a little bit more about this but really he was at a, he was at a standstill he had to he had to commence the attack he had to get morale up. Knowing how Europeans, especially Germans, celebrate the, the Christmas holiday, he saw his opportunity. And really, if you think about it, um, it's not like warfare today where we can fight in rain, sleet, snow, or shine. I mean, they did, but they had what we, uh, what a lot of historians call campaign seasons. And, and that goes from snow melt snowfall so we'll go I'll give the benefit of the doubt we'll go from March April to about October November small window but the war is still on and you're not breaking the rules of war it's kind of ungentle ungentlemanly but you're not breaking the rules of war if you attack during the winter which is what Washington did Now, we're getting close to the holiday, um, the Christmas holiday in 1776. Six days before Christmas in 1776, a new pamphlet came out titled The American Crisis, written by Thomas Paine, the author of Common Sense. And part of it reads this. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. 
Now, if you need a morale boost, Thomas Paine was the man to go to. I mean, that's kind of like uh, the win one for the Gipper speech. You know, you are, you're boosting morale. Within a day of its publication in Philadelphia, Washington had it read to all of his men, and it encouraged the soldiers and improved their tolerance of what was going on at the time. Remember, it was winter, it was miserable, it was cold, and we're in New York, and I live in Michigan, it's kind of similar weather, it's wet. Right now we're getting rain, we're not getting snow, we're, trans- we're still in early, early winter, so we're transitioning, and I'm going to tell you what, if you were a soldier, you'd rather it snow than rain. Rain keeps you wet longer, snow is just cold as heck, and what the rain did was it would cause trench foot, gangrene, things like that. The morale was not high at all. This boosted that morale. And, oh, man, I got a bayonet to the shin. Well, you know what? The American crisis, oh, I don't know. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? So it really boosted the morale. Our <laughs> Two over. I'm back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. Are you a single father fighting to see your kids? Are you just tired of not seeing your kids all the time? Are you tired of fighting? Well, look no further. There's some help for you. Check out Father Rights of Michigan on Facebook. Welcome back. So we just left it at uh, the American crisis. Well, Washington got an early Christmas gift on December 20th of 1776. General Lee's division of 2,000 men show up in Washington's camp under the command of John Sullivan. Apparently, Lee had been captured uh, on December 12th. Uh, He he kind of just... (sighs) Generals... uh, uh, Stonewall Jackson did something, something very similar. He went out in front of his troops um, to kind of look for um, a more suitable location uh, for where uh, for where they could set up their 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 camp headquarters and white type type thing but the British caught him um, so what happened next was just a Christmas miracle General Gates division arrived in camp who was only about 600 men but boom this would be huge and then another 1,000 militiamen from Philadelphia under uh, Colonel John Cadwallader joined Washington as well. These reinforcements made these uh, made Washington's army now total about 6,000 men that were fit for duty. However, Washington didn't, I mean, he didn't need the whole group. And th- at the same time, he didn't need to put all of them in harm's way you need to protect your assets arms armaments things like that and that's what he did um so he only took a fraction of the six thousand men uh, about 2400 and that's the number we're going to go with for this attack on the hessians here on december 26th so man it's been a while excuse me All right, so here we are. We have 2,400 men, and we are getting ready to cross. So we're on the morning of December 25th, Christmas Day. Uh, Washington had ordered his troops to uh, prepare three days' uh, rations and for every soldier to be outfitted outfitted with uh, fresh flints, 
and, and pretty much provisions for the oncoming, what he believed could be a three, four day um, engagement. And he also heard that Briti- um, from his uh, intelligence that the British were also trying to plan their own crossing once the Delaware was frozen over. Now, remember the time of year we're talking about. It wasn't going to be frozen over for a bit, but Washington did not want to take this chance at all. So at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Washington Army, Washington's Army turned out for its evening parade. Um, pretty much troops were issued ammunition, and the officers and musicians, um, they were ordered to carry muskets too. So that meant that something was about to happen, and it wasn't normal. So marching eight men across in close formation, and they were ordered to be as uh, quiet as possible. They left the camp uh, from McConkie's Ferry, which is where the cross, one of the crossing points was. He originally had three crossing, po- crossing points across the Delaware. And his plan required the crossing to begin as soon as it was dark enough to conceal the movement on the river. A lot easier to see movement on the river. But most troops didn't even reach a crossing point until about 6 o'clock at night, uh, which was about an hour and a half after sunset. And what happened was the weather got from bad to worse to horrible. Um, the rain turned, uh, it turned from drizzle, uh, to rain, to sleet, and then snow. And according to one soldier, it, uh, it blew a hurricane. So winds were horrible. Excuse me. I was about to cough again. I'm, I've been battling a cold guy, so just bear with me. Um, but Washington had given, um, the orders and, and really the logistics of the move to his, uh, chief of artillery, who was Henry Knox. Uh, Fort Knox is named after him. And the problem is, though, you're moving a large number of mo- uh, of troops, most of them who couldn't swim, and he had to safely transport horses and 18 pieces of artillery across the river. And Knox blew it out of the water. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, he said it was, it was accomplished with almost an infinite difficulty, meaning it was impossible, but he did it perfectly. That's the main thing that he did. He did it perfectly. The most significant danger to him was floating ice, icebergs on the river. Wooden boats in iceberg don't mix. I mean, heck, even metal boats in icebergs don't mix. So it was really a, a huge operation that this was going on. And Washington, of course, was one of the first troops to cross. He would not have been standing on the bow of a boat. Much like uh, the, uh, the Perry picture, I don't... They would have been ducking, they would have been concealed... Excuse me. And just remember that uh, the password uh, for these um, sentry lines that he had formed, these troops formed a sentry line around the landing area in New Jersey with strict instructions that no one was to pass through. And the password, of course, was victory or death. And uh, the rest of the army crossed um, really without any significant incident, although a few men, including Delaware's uh, Colonel uh, John Haslett, did fall into the water, but they did not pass away. But a mighty cold would have woke you up better than caffeine. Now, the amount of ice did prevent the artillery from finishing the crossing until about 3 a.m. on December 26th. That's the reason why this went into the 26th, is because of the artillery moving so slow. But once again, Washington knew they were drunk, they are going to be hungover, or they were going to still be drinking, which they were still drinking by the time they got there. So the attack, I mean, it was pretty quick. Uh, we're going we're gonna to cover this. The morning of December 26th, the army, as soon as the army crossed and was ready, Washington ordered to split into two columns. 
uh, split up forces, get one engaged to have the other one sneak up behind. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. We've seen it time and time again throughout the, uh, um, excuse me, 18th and 19th century here in American history. And so one was under Washington, one was under uh, uh, General Greene. And um, <clears throat> one was under himself and General Greene, excuse me, the other one was under General Sullivan. Uh, the Sullivan Column took uh, River Road uh, from the Bear Tavern to Trenton, while Washington's uh, would pretty much follow the Pennington Road, which was a parallel, and they lay just a few miles apart. And only three Americans were killed and six wounded, while 22 Hessians were killed and 98 wounded. Uh, the Americans captured 1,000 prisoners and seized muskets, powder, and artillery for their own army. That is a big deal, and that was a big morale boost. It lasted less than an hour. And then Washington had the next two crossings happen. And really what would happen during that is that was, I mean, it wasn't the beginning of the end, but it was the beginning of the crossing of the Delaware. Really, uh, we look at it as it was one of Washington's masterpieces, which it was. But really what it did was it boosted the morale of the men and it boosted his popularity levels. It really did a number for him, and it really helped with enlistment numbers. So if it's if we really look at what the the, um, the crossing of the Delaware did, it boosted enlistment numbers, which was desperately, desperately, desperately needed. But guys, um, that's about all I got for you today. Um, this is kind of a new one. I just I felt like I really needed to get you guys something going here, and since uh, today's the anniversary of Washington crossing the Delaware. I figured we'd give it a shot. Um, these shows will get better. I'll have Caleb on here more and more. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. And you guys have a, a really... Um, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I'll say it again, Merry Christmas. And I hope you guys have a really happy new year. Enjoy the holiday season, folks. Enjoy your time off work if you get it. And if you are working, I'll keep plugging along. I thank you uh, for doing your guys' jobs. You guys are doing a great job. And uh, have a happy holiday season, guys. <laughs>